Star Wars fans and Rule of the Galaxy fans, we're going to talk to Ryan McGee in a minute. This is Joe in the pilot seat, so if you heard his voice sneak in there, God love you. It was just a sneak peek of all the fun we're going to have with Mr. Ryan McGee of ESPN and the SEC Network. But we're at show 197. It's uh, We're rocking and rolling this thing. We're almost to show 200, which we're D-Doc and I are doing the planning behind the scenes right now to try to put something together. Hopefully we'll have some announcements to you real soon. But you know where to follow us, Rule the Galaxy SW on Twitter and Instagram, Rule the Galaxy, just Rule the Galaxy on Facebook and YouTube. Gosh, there's so many. Rule the Galaxy podcast on TikTok, Rule the Galaxy SW at gmail.com. And for anything else, just look up Rule the Galaxy. You'll find us somewhere. Brent is laughing at me because I messed up the intro. Brent, no, how, you just, how are okay, you? So you need, to, you need to post or at least promote the fact that we have a beacon uh beacon.co i think is what it is anyway it's a place where you can go to get all the links very similar to linktree um you need to actually tag that into the twitter that way you don't have to keep running down everything on twitter and instagram we have our linktree or we have our beacon where you can find us all on all of our socials by the way it is now in our bio of instagram and twitter so instagram and twitter go check us out you'll find our beacon which i'm old i didn't know what a beacon was till the other day I didn't know. I knew what Linktree was, but I had no idea what Beacon was until uh, I asked because uh, uh, it was because of your bracketology that we're going to have a conversation about because okay. I have a, a head scratcher on some of these matchups. Uh, we will I, I, we will hit our March Madness here in a second. D-Doc is showing up late again, so we'll get to talk to him here in a minute. But how's everything going with you, Brent, besides your, your myths that I have on bracketology? Uh, escaping the uh, rigors of the uh, world and uh, escaping into a world far, far away. Talking some Star Wars with a bunch of people and a, um, always fun to have guests, especially when I talk to my coworkers at work and I was like, yeah, we've talked to Ryan McGee a few times. And he's like, who? What? Seriously? I'm like, yeah. Like, he's like, really? From ESPN? I was like, yeah. Like, he's a huge Star Wars guy. You know, I mean, I remember watching the, uh, it was the lead in this season for the uh, the Saban Texas uh, the Alabama Texas game and he dropped about two or three references about the Death Star and the Evil Empire um, in his little intro and I just got a smile because I'm like oh he tries to work it in as much as he can <laughs> and I love it I love it well speaking of that before we head to our ginger from the Philly area um, I'm wearing my Captain America sweatshirt tonight in honor of our special guest Ryan Thanks for always coming on, being a part of our show, and taking time out of your busy schedule. How are you, sir? I'm doing great. No, I'm digging the uh, I'm digging the hoodie. Yeah, sometimes when a, when there's a I'm, I got my 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 wife and daughter got me this Mandalorian shirt uh, down at Disney in the, in the uh, but yeah, I 
I, sometimes when I'm talking Star Wars, a lot of times I, the ring I wear the most is this Captain America shield ring. I have a Vader ring on the day tonight, but the uh, but I catch flack sometimes because Star Wars people are like you you know you're betraying us. I'm like no 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 I'm I'm OG Star Wars. I'm just I just but I, as you know um, I'm I'm the easiest uh, I'm the easiest target ever when it comes to stuff. I got so much Captain America stuff that uh I'm, I'm the easiest the easiest father's day gift of all time i still I, I have two different shields right here in my office so yeah it's uh but yeah but but it's but to this day the star wars stuff still outnumbers the marvel stuff about 300 to one to miles well i think i'm i'm in love with your bespin twin cloud car there behind you if i'm looking at that properly that's original, yeah that's, yeah uh, that's that's from that's a that's uh oh, i've got man. that i've got the uh I've got my X-wing, which is missing. We're missing a cockpit and yeah. a couple other pieces, but yeah, but still, that's that's not bad. I mean, it's for for nineteen. This is probably nineteen seventy nine. Yeah. Uh, that's probably. I mean, that would have been like probably what eighty one. Yeah. Santa Claus brought these, and they're still, <laughs> you know, they're still in my office. So there you go. That's awesome, man. That's awesome. Well, you you spoke of shields right there, and that's one of the reasons why I wore this is because when I was watching Marty McGee. Last weekend, I believe your shield kept coming up on the intros and outros of it, and I thought yep. I'm going to make sure I'm wearing my Captain America my Captain America hoodie when we're talking to Ryan and uh, D Doc. You know, I'm going to take this this craftsman here. He's going to make me up one of those shields one of these days, and and I'm going to be sporting that. You and I can go cosplay together if you want, uh, Ryan. Yeah. What do you think we no, can I'm, pull I'm Captain in. America? I mean, I I have three different shields. I have um, <laughs> I've got the World War II shield. Oh, he's going to the museum I keep now. Keep that here office go. here. I think I showed you guys before. And then I've got a. Uh, I actually have a. I've got the shield that you see on the Marty McGee set, the Wilderness Lodge Studios. That hangs in my basement uh, during the fall when we're on the road. But as soon as we go back into the studio in January, in fact, I was leaving at six o'clock in the morning to go to work. Uh, when we went back in the studio back in January, all of a sudden I went, "Oh, wait!" And I ran back in the house and got the shield. That's and awesome. we hung it on the wall, had a big ceremony and hung it on the wall. So yeah. And then I have a backpack that is um that's the that's the shield. And I so this thing, so you wear this oh. like a backpack. And um and I like to think in my mind that I look like Chris Evans. <laughs> but I look like Chris Evans if he like, you know, uh spent six months at KFC and then went to Disney world. But yeah, but I, I walk around Disney with that, with that either the shield backpack or the, that's a, that's a millennium Falcon backpack back there. So I'm going to ask a question though. Who would you cosplay? Right. Cause I just got like, are, are, would you cosplay the captain America or would you go some star Wars guy? Like who would be your go-to cosplay? So we have in here in, I live in Charlotte and here in Charlotte, we have the heroes convention, which is one of the biggest independent, comic shows at one point it was the biggest independent comic show um you know in the non-comic-con show you know here in charlotte and my daughter and i uh i, I ran out of captain america options and one year one year i actually went as like like captain america and tennille like i had the captain america hat and i had like the you know, the, the jacket like i'm gonna play piano but then i had then i was wearing a shield so yeah and my wife looks like peggy carter so she dressed okay. like peggy carter but i so we the, the heroes convention is coming back um you know we missed it for two years because of covid last year my daughter was off um at this camp for a month and so we didn't get to go last year but i have a whole um i got a jedi robe set mm. um for christmas christmas of 2019 
So that thing's been in a box for three years. So I think this year I'm probably going to go with some sort of, uh, you know, middle-aged dad Jedi. So I would, I was just looking at you and you give off a Jedi vibe. There yeah. is. So that's why I was wondering when you were I talking about got, it. Yeah. When Kenobi, I, I kind of, when Kenobi last year, when yep. I talked to you guys and Kenobi was dropping, I was like, I kind of got a Kenobi and my hair got really long. Um, a couple of years ago during COVID, I didn't cut it for like two years. And I kind of had a, you know, in my mind anyway, I had a Ewan McGregor <laughs> thing going. <laughs> yeah. As long as I, as long as I believe that's how I look, that's all that matters. It's, it is what, it's what you feel in here, Ryan. That's really yeah. what it is. Have the yeah. confidence and believe in yourself. I, I say you go for it. Um, D-Doc, welcome to the show, my friend. So good to yes. see you. Yeah, well, Lego is coming out with a one-to-one scale Captain America shield that Assault. is 3,128 pieces for 200 bucks. So you're going to have to get that one to add it to the, uh, to the collection. Hang so that bad my, boy on the wall. Well, I was telling these, telling these guys before we started recording, my daughter's going to college in the fall, and she's the only child, so we'll be empty nesters. And mm-hmm. I've told my wife, I'm not going to do puzzles. I'm going to do Legos. <laughs> and so, you know, for Christmas, I actually got a couple of Lego sets, you know, tie interceptor and an X-wing. And so I'm waiting. I haven't even opened them. So I'm waiting until, you know, um, when I'm, you know, old retired dad sitting at the table down here in the basement, you know, watching, uh, you know, watching season two of the Clone Wars for the fourth time. I'll be, I'll be putting, <laughs> I'll be putting my, leg, my Lego sets together. That's awesome. That's great. You know what, uh, D-Doc, I know you were late to the party, even later than, than some of us on Clone Wars. I actually, the other day, said, you know what, I'm going to do a rewatch. And every time I got a few minutes, I, I would throw on an episode. And man, there's some episodes that really hit on that. It's still, Clone Wars is still one of my favorite things. So, um, But anyway, how are you? I know I brought you in there. We just went off in all different tangents. Everything going good in the Doc house? Yeah, yeah everything's uh, great. We're doing good here. Uh what you got? What you, I, I got. I have a question. So, I, I, listen, I watch, but but your craftsmanship blows my mind. <laughs> and, and Thank like you. The whole, but like the whole design over your shoulder there. Like I was just at Galaxy's Edge, and you know that that unmistakable Empire. You yeah, know, the, like design. Death Star walls. Yeah. yeah, that's just that's just you you do you blow my mind. I, I feel like an amateur when I'm my I'm proud like of my a... collection. Till I see. Oh, there you go. See, come <laughs> on, man. Now you're just showing off, D-Doc. So went weird with the LEDs. Now the one, uh, it can only go red. So we're only in like, we're only in emergency situations now because for some reason they're not communicating the right way. But that was a trunk or treat. Yeah. That was a 24-hour build. Yeah. He just whipped it up for a trunk or treat. Like, I mean, like, yeah, seriously. I spend way too much time watching guys on YouTube. (laughs) I might have skipped there. I might have, I might have glitched or something because you guys glitched on my screen, but I spend way too much time watching guys build stuff on YouTube to the point where I'm like, I've already watched three different guys do it. And then I take the best from all of them and then just try to do it myself. Like eventually, like, so I appreciate wow. that. Thank you. Yeah. No, I would have already put three nails on my fingers and, you know, and burn my hands. And yeah. So I'm, I'm, I'm really good at watching people on YouTube do it. And then I just call somebody else. <laughs> Well, that's D Doc. I call him. I call him for graphics on our web. Uh, you know, on our yeah. social media, and I call him to make things like the sign behind me right here. But you were able to do some plumbing from watching the the plumber that is D Doc, like yeah. our resident yes. plumber hero here. I the, did uh, the red headed plumber. I I was very proud. D Doc also he was proud of me. I, I switched out <laughs> three sinks in different bathrooms. I redid some things on my shower. I I 
painted the trim around my shower black and changed out different things. I felt like a real man for, you know, it just oh, it yeah. felt good. I felt manly. I felt like uh, what Tim Allen in Home Improvement right there. So I was <laughs> so just grunting, walking around. Do you around. feel like the same kind of man as you take your laps around the mall because you're an old man, like oh, Alfie said? Gosh, that's the Alfie can't be here tonight because. Oh, his, man. he has an injured hand and we've discussed this and he's on pain meds. And so he said he's kind of out of it. But yeah, Alfie's been. Oh, that would have been. Bit. Come on. That would have paid. That would have shown up. Yeah, that should have shown up. An unfiltered Alfie would have made it even better. Yeah. Uh, most more. Most Marty and McGee's on Saturday morning <laughs> were completely hung over. So I would have liked to have heard what he I would like to have gone down like a, uh, you know. Some sort of rabbit hole with him while he was under the influence of pain meds. No, man, he could go. He could go into some dark rabbit holes there. Go ahead, Brent. Before we get into the before we get into all Star Wars stuff, um, I do have a question about Marty McGee. How did that start? Like, how did you guys get going? Because you mentioned in our like pre-show just talk that like it gets going and like people just keep calling, right? And like we yeah. do, we do it for we do it because we enjoy it. But so, how did you guys hook up and how did that get started? Well, we've been friends for 20 years. You know, when we first met, um, I was a, a, I was a young field producer for ESPN. Uh, we used to produce a show on ESPN2 called RPM Tonight. It was a nightly <laughs> motorsports show. That was where, how I started ESPN. And Marty was a right-out-of-college sports writer for the Roanoke Times out of Virginia and the Lynchburg News. And so, um, so Marty and I met, like, in press boxes at, like, South Boston Speedway and – you know, uh, Hickory Motor Speedway, all these short tracks where the, the old Bush series would race and the NASCAR Craftsman Truck Series back in the day. And and we just became friends. And so years later, when I was a TV producer, I put Marty on one of my shows as an analyst. So anyone that doesn't like Marty, you can blame me because I was the first producer to put him on the air. <laughs> but then several years later, I ended up on TV as a reporter. And he and I were driving to Martinsville Speedway at like six o'clock in the morning. We just were carpooling to go to work and we got so tickled with each other laughing at just telling stories about him in Virginia and me in the Carolinas as kids. I looked at him and I go, I swear, dude, I think people would like this. Like, I think if we, if we recorded what we just talked about for an hour, I think people might dig it. Maybe I'm wrong. And so we went to uh, ESPN, uh, the podcast division and said, just let us try it. And if no one likes it, fine. You know, we didn't expect to get to do it anyway. And, you know, the podcast uh, became a radio show, which has become a television show. And, and you know, as a TV producer, man, you work so hard. You take really, really talented people and you put them in, in, a, in a, on a set together. And sometimes it just doesn't work. You know, mm -hmm. chemistry is chemistry. It's just like sports. You know, it's just like, just like making a movie. The, the chemistry is either there or it isn't. You cannot manufacture it. And Marty and I, I hope, it comes across that we're just friends, you know? And so I appreciate that. And our hope is that people feel like they're just hanging out with us, you know, on a Saturday, just like hanging out with you guys talking about Star mm -hmm. Wars. You know, if, if you feel comfortable, you know, then you're probably going to watch or listen and, and knock on wood. Um, you know, we've been doing it for a while now and we literally live, leave every show, whether we're on the road or whether we're in Charlotte and we walk out into the parking lot, we look at each other and go, there's no way they're going to let us do this again next week. <laughs> And they do. So I appreciate you saying that. Cause we, we have, we have, and they, and we're also forced to do, they kind of let us do whatever we want to do. And that, that, you know, that's, that's, that's something that doesn't really happen in our business very often. Like having Marty put on goalie equipment to take some shots for the NHL. Yes. 
or okay. or us. He and I co-hosted the Ocho on ESPN mm-hmm. two last year. And um, by the time the day was over with, we had done the slippery stairs where you basically climb up a stairs covered in, and I mean, I'll just say it in adult lubricant. That's what it is. And, <laughs> and uh, we threw axes and we did pogo sticks and uh, we did, you know, by the end of the day, I'm like, you know what? I'm too old for this, man. You know, I told Marty, I said, if you want to keep doing this, that's fine. <laughs> I got two torn hamstrings and a migraine. So, but yeah, they, the, but, but knock on wood and they let me shamelessly just, you know, I start talking about Star Wars and, um, you know, I sit on the set with, with Star Wars and Marvel stuff on and minor league baseball caps. And, and like I say, knock on wood, they, they haven't told us to stop yet. So, um, hopefully we can keep going. That's awesome. I, I had no idea. So I'm glad you, Brandon, I'm glad you asked the question and, and Ryan, I'm glad you went through that because I feel now when I watch, I'll even have a better feel of the show because hey, the realness shows through. I think we all agree with that. When we talk to people who listen to our show, and believe me, it's about the pinprick size compared to who listens to Marty and McGee. But the people who do listen to our show tell us, man, we listen because it's just three or four guys having fun and just talking and just telling stories. And I think people in this crazy mix-up world we live in, they want that. They want real. They want fun. They just want to have a good time. And hopefully, you know, uh, like I was with Steve Lawson or Scott Ripon. You, you almost feel like you're pals with these people you're listening to yeah. because those stories are so real. Right. Yeah. And, and so it's, it's great. I'm glad you, I'm glad you're enjoying it. I'm glad they're still paying you and hopefully they will for a long, long time. So yeah. well, g- listen, genuine is genuine. And, and, and I don't, I don't care if you're talking sports or you're talking star Wars or if you're you know, acting in a star Wars film, you know, if, if, it, if it's sincere, then I think people pick up on that really, really mm-hmm. quickly. And and if it's not, it's not. And heaven knows we got enough people screaming at each other right now, and <laughs> yeah. people trying to sell us on on. People are constantly trying to sell us stuff right now, you know. And, and whether it's whether it's how they feel about something, or whether it's political, or whether it's you know a product or whatever. And when when you can just check out and just feel like you're hanging out with folks, um, you know that's when it works. And, and that's that's why I mean that's that's how I met you guys because I was is. listening. I, I was a listener first, so I'm, it's it's great to be here. That's awesome. Well, thank you for that. Thank you. We um, Before we hop into some of the topics real quick, I will say for those of you listening and, and planning for the future stuff, uh, next week our guest uh, will be Jessica, the Duchess of Dark Saber Light. She's going she's gonna to be along with us for episode 198. We've got Michael Havens of the ICCCon, or the ICCC as we call it, in Nashville, Tennessee. He will be our guest on 199. And uh, then Guess what? It's our big 200th episode that DDoc, you and I have to do some behind seeds work and, and get this thing laid out because I want it to be good. And yeah. you know how to put everything together. And I just know how to dream and hope things come together. So, so 200 um, is how many? Like, it's what, two years? Two and a half? But Joey and I started this in January of 2020 before COVID hit. And oh, then man. we took a little couple months off. And then we, I would say June or July is when June, you started pulling all of us in June of 2020. While we were all sitting at home or whatever we were doing, we decided let's have some fun. And then, uh, yeah. And then right about episode 95, 96, something like that. DDoc joined, joined our ranks. So, uh, yeah, so it's, it's been a fun little ride. We've had plenty of different co-hosts who've come and gone. We've had plenty of guests who've, like Ryan, who's been on multiple times, and, and T-Bob, and Scott Ripon, and Steve Glosson, and Adam Bray, Mark Newbold, 
the list goes on and on. Um, but, but, uh, but yeah, we're, we're excited and definitely have some planning to do, but 200 episodes, uh, you know, most people say if you make it past like 10, the podcast will last. And I think we've done that. So let, let's see how that goes, but hopefully it'll be a live show and, and we'll have some guests and do some different things, but that's coming up for your planning of the rule of the galaxy stuff. We've got a sports guy on here with us in Ryan. So you guys want to jump in on this March Madness goofiness that I threw our way that that we're doing? It's this Star Wars March Madness tournament during the NCAA March Madness. I know some of you don't get it. I know some of you are like going crazy about it on Twitter, and that's fine. Um, Brent, you had some questions about it. I'll let you start with it. What? what yes, are I need. There's some bracketology questions that I have. I okay. want to know the first four out. Who were the first four out? I have that. Uh, one I, I hope you do because there's a like who didn't because Omega makes it as a 16 seed. Now, I guess the other question is, did you just go straight seed by number of people who voted for it? Or... I did. I did. Okay. I, I went by by uh, now so there, were, how, there were a couple times did... where there were ties. A few people were tied on, on votes and I had to make okay. the call. Are they the number three seed in this? Or are they the number three seed in that, right? Are they number six seed in this bracket? Okay. Number six in that. My next question comes after you tell me the first four out. I'm just curious, yeah. who who were the first four or five that didn't make the cut? I will get oh. that to you while you're – you guys talk while I'm grabbing it real quick. So you're then, saying the fringe guys, the guys who almost made it to the field of 64. Right, because isn't that one of the first things that they talk about is the last four in and the first four out? Yeah, I can oh, tell you both of those. Salacious Crumb made it uh, in, into it, so or, uh, yeah. yeah. So Dude, that, was my, that was my that was my favorite inclusion. I was <laughs> like, all right, if I, could, if, I, if I could vote more than once, I would just keep voting for Salacious Crumb just <laughs> just to screw everything up. So obviously, the last four in were the sweet the sixteen seeds, which were Kyle Katarn, Omega, Star Killer, and Duchess Satine. Uh, which, which was, which was, a uh, it was tough. It was right there on the edge. I don't know if you guys will know all, well, yeah, you'll know the, the last four that didn't make it were the Wampa from Empire Strikes Back, believe it or not. Okay. Wicket. Okay. Bail Organa. Then Valance. Ryan, I know you'll know Valance from the comic books. Do you remember Valance, the oh, cyborg yeah. Who, yeah. who fought Darth Vader? Yeah. Valance from the comic books mate was was in there, and then the very next one, the last so five, it goes five deep. Iden Verso was was the other. Yep, that was the five that were right That's on good the cusp one. of being in. That's a good one. Now the next the next bone I want to pick with you is how in the heck do the people who make the brackets, the the whole committee that's sitting back in the room, come mm -hmm. up with Sabine versus Ezra in yeah. round one? It's so again, we went directly, started at the top boat getter down to the bottom boat getter. Uh, and I will tell you that the, the top overall. Because that I, just doesn't give either of them a chance. Well, it, it was tough. And I noticed that we had some random ones where I there were people that I didn't want to face each other. I didn't want Leia and Fennec Shan, two strong female characters, to face each other right away. But I also didn't want to I didn't want to jerry rig the system. Right. I wanted to make it. Official. I didn't want to say, well, I'm going to move these people around. So it, that's what they do in the room. Yeah, but right. with just me putting it together, if I had a yeah, group right, of us, we we could have made it say that it was a whole committee that was voting on this, and the committee moves it around because you can't have two from the same conference. You can't have 
like people that played each other multiple times playing in the first round. You could have done some finagle and finagling to make it, sure we had good matchups. Now it's not it easy is, being the commissioner, Joe. It is it's not, not easy. It's not. It's not. It's, not. It's, it, it's like it's like the college football playoff, and they they trot the poor guy from the selection committee, the the athletic yep. director from Texas Tech or whatever. He got to sit there and answer our questions. Like, oh, I don't know. They just we, we did what we did. That's right. I mean, and, and I also had to make the tough call because I had people going, "Hey." Emperor Palpatine and Darth Sidious are not the same person. Well, I had to say to to make the field better, I had to say they are. They said Anakin and Darth Vader aren't the same person. I said, well, they actually are. So I have yeah. to. I mean, they might have. Spoiler alert! Spoiler alert! Anakin is Darth. Vader. <laughs> <laughs> you know, Kylo Ren and Ben Solo. I had to say I can't yeah. do split. Right? It's it's one character. So yeah. Um. So that there were some things because I was getting people sending me messages saying. Darth Vader is not Anakin Skywalker. And I'm like, that's the whole story of Star Wars, right? Yeah. Darth Vader is Anakin Skywalker. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, but, but yeah, so was it tough? <laughs> I mean, yeah, but also I will say this. The amount of, like, we had almost 150 characters get named out of the, I asked for top 20 lists. Yeah. And out of the top 20 lists I got, almost 150 characters compiled these lists. And and I'm sitting there going, I've got to get this down to 64. It, it was it was pretty tough. It felt like it was college basketball. All right. So now another random question. Out of the 150, who was like the one vote getter? Who was like the who are like the bottom four now? Right. So uh, we've talked about yeah. the first four in, first four out. Now who are like who are the one offs that like made it on the bottom of the <sighs> list that were like one one offers? Okay, I'm not ripping on the High Republic. Because some of those books have been entertaining, I'm not keeping up with them. But we did get some High Republic characters that were named once, um, okay. and and then like Loden, Great Storm, and y- yeah. No, what about like Geode? That. Did Geode make it? Geode did not get a vote. There was not a vote for Geode, <laughs> yeah. so yeah. we cleared that hurdle. Um, but I will say this: um, Rural Farm Boy, our beloved listener and our friend, he he's a great guy. He went. His top 20 list was all Imperial commanders. Right. Some of these guys, I had no idea. Like Ozzel? Like yeah. Admiral uh, Ozzel? Yeah. yeah. I mean, he Gergerod? had. Did he throw Gergerod in there? Yeah. Yeah, he had. Here, let me just go. Uh, I only know. Anyone anyone who ever votes for Admiral Ozzel on anything. <laughs> I, I, we need to have, we need to, you need, first of all, you need, you need counseling. And so, <laughs> second, of all, second of all, we so, just need to talk. Legit, yeah. the only reason why I know some of those guys is because of the tabletop game. Yeah. Like Armada, they have pilots and they have different commanders that can do different things. Yeah. Admiral Ozel is one of them. Jurgerod is another one. Like yeah. so, there are like the most random people that. Yeah. Did Cyana Reed get one? Because she's an awesome character. Cyana Reed uh, got Lost... one vote. Nice. <laughs> At least she made a vote. That's all I got. That, that's yeah. all I care. She made one vote. Ray Sloan, one vote. Captain Nita, one vote. Doctor yeah. Doctor Afra, one vote. Okay. You see that you should do you should do like an NIT. I was thinking about <laughs> that. I was thinking about taking all the get all the, get all the one all the one people who got one vote and put them in an NIT. Yeah. Yeah. Right. You the know, outer Ryan, rim, the outer rim division. Yeah. I'm gonna send this. I'm gonna send oh, this that to is you amazing. How about that? That is amazing. <laughs> That's it. Um, that is a very good call. D Doc, do you think we've got extra time? Should we make we got time? 
I'm you enjoying this. And, and you know who you has got time two to, weeks to get this done? Three weeks yeah, to get this done. <laughs> Rural Farm Boy, I believe, could take care of this for you. I <laughs> let, know, he could. The, the guy who put anybody who like single handedly made sure that like eight different people we've never heard of got one vote, he should be in charge of that. He's the commissioner of the NIT. Yeah, he would love that. He would love it. I agree. Now, I will tell you, Commissioner of the NIT, the field of 64. One thing I, I want you to know so, so far, we've had two upsets in two brackets. That's it. Everything else was chalk. Is Ezra against Sabine really an upset? Ezra was a 10th seed. Sabine was a 7th seed. Ezra beat Sabine. The other one that's not really an upset, but it was by number. Cal Kessler was a 9. and beat. An 8-9 is not an upset. An 8-9 is not an upset. Now, now, Ryan, I don't know if you saw this or not, but Ray was a 5 seed. I did see that. Admiral Akbar was a 12. And until 10 minutes to go... Right. Admiral Akbar was ahead. Yeah, that doesn't surprise me. We got a massive flood of Ray votes at the end to put her over the top uh, on on this. So listen, uh, and I'm listen, I I am I am an Akbar guy. I mean, I have a book, I have a book right here. I have a book on my shelf back here. uh, Admiral Akbar's Guide to Everything. Like like I'm I'm an Akbar guy. (laughs) But at the end of the day, um, poor Ray. I, that doesn't surprise me at all. There was almost an upset, but the reality yeah. is, is that in the universe, she's she's Ray and he's not, and it's just uh, that's how that goes. But yeah, it's uh, yeah. The other, but it, but it, I'm, I'm glad. Honestly, I'm glad they're. I'm glad she rallied because she needed to <laughs> at least advance out of the first round. Agreed. I, and, and, I, go ahead. Go ahead. No, I was just gonna say I was impressed with all of the sequel trilogy people. Right. Yeah. It wasn't just like so. You have Ben. You have Ray. I think Finn made it. There were he, there were several of the sequel there were several sequel trilogy characters that I will stump for because I believe people like the characters they may not like the movie but they like the characters yeah so I'm and, glad and, that and, they made and it. I've in. said this I've said this to you guys before I have a teenage daughter in the house mm-hmm. and you know those are her movies mm-hmm. and and you know those aren't my movies those aren't you know they aren't you know the the people that you know we all we all hated the prequels right and now there's a whole prequel generation and so but my but my daughter's generation gets very angry. When oh, yeah. people just start automatically running down Ray, and and because that's you know, my daughter has painted portraits of Ray in her room, and so it's just it's it's just it's a generational thing. But yeah, it does not surprise me. I get I, well, I, I do all these radio hits right for ESPN radio mm-hmm. affiliates and sports talk radio stations around the country, and everybody knows I'm a Star Wars guy. And you know, big surprise, you know, comic book store guy from The Simpsons who's co-hosting the afternoon drive show in some town or whatever. It, they're they're constantly trying to bait me into a <laughs> you know why the why the sequels suck conversations and I just I won't I won't do it because uh you know I got a, I got somebody in the house that's very passionate about that and I and I respect that. I will whether I truly love a certain part of Star Wars, I will defend it. I, I'm yep. gonna say it's all Star Wars, I'm gonna defend it. Even when I you know gripe and say, ah, that episode wasn't that great. You know what though? It's still Star Wars, it's still part of it. And, you know, it's not like you can remove it. It's there. It's part of it. We're, we're going to move on. And, and I'd rather support that than talk to some Star Trek fan who, come on. I mean, who can support well, that? And, and you guys know this. I'm a solo <laughs> guy. I love yeah. solo. Love it. Like, like solo is my go-to if I'm, if I'm on an elliptical machine or if I just am on an airplane, I just whatever. I'll just throw it on in the background. And, and it's, is it Citizen Kane? It is not. But is it an entertaining film that I love watching and I can quote lines from 100%. So it's just, it's, uh, yeah, I'm with you. I, I just, uh, it's okay to, it's okay to have fun. 
I I will say about this, the one thing I saw is after the first seven or eight seeds, so, yeah, what is that, uh, 28 to 32 characters, there was a massive drop-off. Uh, I didn't, I could have done a field of 32, and it would have been competitive the entire way through, but I felt it was not doing not doing it just to to only do that i wanted to have and see if there would be some upsets and and include some deeper content so we went the full field of 64 now that we're getting you know that next round which we're posting those up for people to see and and once we get through the all first four rounds we're gonna we're gonna go to the second round in all four brackets i mean you're gonna have Cal Kestis versus Anakin Skywalker. You're going to have Yoda versus Kanan Jarrus. You're going to have Lando versus Rey. You're going to have Cassian Andor versus Boba Fett. You're you're going to have some battles going on here, and it's going to be certain fandoms from certain age groups, certain different demographics that are going to be passionate about getting their character through. So I'm really excited to see if something you know really sneaks in there go ahead d doc yeah i can feel the funny thing is too is like i feel it like picking up steam too because like i've seen some of the matchups getting like more votes than others like one interesting one like back to the sequel trilogy was finn versus dooku oh which it's like finn wound up losing if i'm not mistaken but that was really tight and it's like I, I could vote for either one of those guys because, like, for some reason, I really like Dooku. Like, I got his figure, like, behind me here. Like, I really like him. I like Finn, too. Like, Finn played technically more of a main role, obviously. He was in all three mm-hmm. movies, but it's like, I don't know. It's like some of those votes really could push either way, and and he didn't edge that one out in the first round, which I thought he was going to have that late jump, too, because I think that was, like, a... 54 to 46 or something like that actually actually no that one wasn't as tight that one Am was i think of the wrong one yeah that one was a blowout you're, you're, blown thinking out? Of, you're thinking of kylo ren versus revan because there are people who are super book readers right they're all about the the book side not brent the book side of star wars and Revan. i read revan yeah, you did. I, I read. I read Revan. Well, I listened to Revan. <laughs> but but I mean, I I was getting people saying there's no way that Revan should lose to Kylo Ren, but Kylo Ren beat him fifty five to forty five. That was you know it was a tight, a lot tighter than I thought it would be, and that was a five twelve. That was a five twelve bracket right there. So, I mean, you also got to look at the generation of people that use Twitter too, right? So using yep. Twitter poll, like you got to kind of factor that in. Like it's. It's the twenty. It's the late twenties to the early forties is pretty much your demographic in the Twitter range. So that's got it. It's gonna skew it a little bit. I'm not saying it. I'm not saying oh, it, no. it's not. It's the best way. I think the one of the better ways to do it. I mean, you, if you did it on Instagram, you'd have a different demographic and you may get different results. If you did it purely through Instagram, and if you did it through TikTok, you would have a completely different demographic and you probably would get different results. If you did it through TikTok, just because oh, of the yeah. demographics. And if you did Snapchat, you probably threw it on a Snapchat story. You would get a different demographic and probably get different results. It's just the nature of each different generation and each different segment of the, uh, not generation, but each demographic segment is involved in different genres of Agreed. social media. I, I think if we would have done it on TikTok, we probably would have had all the resistance um, cartoon characters on on there probably right there could have no. been a lot of <laughs> no hey, let's 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 make sure though we recognize you mentioned the duchess of dark saber light 
mm-hmm. one of the great screen grabs of all time, which was she clearly had voted for Chopper over Darth Maul. Oh, yes. And with only one vote and 23 <laughs> hours and, and 59 minutes left, Chopper was defeating Darth Maul 100% to 0%. <laughs> she said, stop the vote. She said, stop the vote. And, and I, I'm just, you know, I was just, I was just scrolling along what uh, a couple of days ago and I see it and I was like, whoa, 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 what? And, uh, and then I clicked on it and realized, okay, I've been, I've been doing yeah, no Chopper, but whatever. <clears throat> She is passionate about what she is passionate about. I will yes. say that. Um, you know, Ryan, we we um, before you hopped on, and we can still talk about bracketology, anything, but it just popped in my head. You know, we were talking about um, Duchess, and, and she. we got a chance to meet her and, and do some things with her last year at the ICCC in Nashville. Again, for, for um, listeners, for followers, if you get a chance, um, May 26th through 28th, Nashville, Tennessee, Go check out the ICC con. You'll have a great time. There's going to be Freddie Prince Jr. There's going to be Vanessa Marshall, Ian McDermott. Uh, I'm sure there's other people I'm forgetting. There's a lot of people coming in. You know, last year they had half the Clone Wars cast with Anna Graves and Matt Lanner and James Arnold Taylor and Ashley Eckstein. So I think this year they're maybe leaning more towards the Rebels crew of people, and that's fine. But they're going to have podcast stages the amount of toys they have there is fantastic and they have not only star wars but other fandoms lots of cosplay going on lots of building going on so if you get a chance it's it's memorial day weekend yes it's in nashville tennessee so if you're not going to the 500 if you're not going to is there a nascar race that weekend brian uh charlotte yep, Coca-Cola 600 yep, okay my house. Yep. okay so if you're if you're not going to one of those and you want to break yeah. away for a few days even if it's just friday and saturday like i am because i'm probably coming back for the 500 Go to Nashville, check it out. Michael Havens does a great job. It'll be a lot of fun. So go check it out. I think it's icnashville.com is the best way to track that down. But you'll have a good time. It's not too expensive. And there's a lot of good things going on there. And you really only need to go for a day if you want. Hop in, hop out, get back to where you need to go. You'll have a lot of fun. Go ahead, Brent. They do have Twitter, and I believe it's ICC, the IACCC, um, and you can find it on Twitter. They also do Facebook, and they drop Fridays. They drop their next guest. Mm-hmm. They're getting close to talking about their full booking, but I believe they're going to be dropping, since we record this on Thursdays, they'll be re-dropping one um, <clears throat> on Friday. So the most recent drop was Freddie Prince, Kane, and Jarris. Mm-hmm. Did Hera make the list? Is Hera in there? Hera is on the list. Hera okay, is... so Hera is in the battle. So we got two of the members right there, right? Like, so people at ICCCon, yeah. uh, we can get your bracket signed. If you filled out your bracket, took a picture of it, you can get your bracket signed. <laughs> I <laughs> hey, will have to look at hey, you. Me. You mentioned Ashley Eckstein. I got a, a quick story for you. So, yeah. Um, she was there in Nashville last year. And so I follow her on social media like we all do. Um, you know, I'm a big, big fan of her husband, David Eckstein, the baseball oh, yeah. player. And so, um, we were at Hollywood Studios. Um, I guess it was the first time I went to, to Galaxy's Edge. It was probably two years ago. And um, I'm looking in the store there on the main street in, in Hollywood Studios. And I walk there. My, my wife and daughter are just breathless. And they, they're showing me on their phone. They have taken pictures with this big guy. And it turns out he was like the champion of RuPaul's Drag Race. And they watched the show. And they were all fired up about it. And um, and they said, yeah. They said, um, um he was here with some friends and we recognized him and we took a picture with him. It was great. Well, that night at the hotel, I'm looking, I'm flicking through Instagram and Ashley Eckstein is um, posting all these pictures at Hollywood studios 
with the champion of RuPaul's Drag Race. Mm-mm-mm. And I, I look at my wife and daughter and I go, um, when you said that somebody took y'all's picture, a friend of his took your picture, it, was it her? Mm. That was, they're like, yeah, it was her. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I'm like, well, hey, just so y'all know, I said, uh, I told my daughter, I go, you know, I, you, my wow. daughter grew up, my daughter grew up watching these, these Blu-rays, these DVDs back here of the Clone Wars. I go, just so you know, I said, that was uh, Sucatano and, um, and I'm, your dad's very angry at you. Somebody, <laughs> somebody should have come and grabbed me while I was oh, looking at the neckties at the, at the store. But yeah. <laughs> that is a great one. And it's one of those ones where you just, you just miss, right? Yeah. I mean, well, it, was it her? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Awesome. Okay. Yeah. That's, <laughs> you know, a story like that, like last year at the I, ICC or ICC con or whatever, we're, we're in there palling around, meeting people, seeing things. And, uh, Timothy's on is they're signing books. And for everybody who listens, I've told this story a hundred times. My close to fame thing with Star Wars way back when was when I first read Heir to the Empire, I wrote a handwritten letter to Timothy Zahn saying how much this brought me back into Star Wars, how much I loved it, I, you know, all this stuff. And he wrote a handwritten letter back to wow. me and signed it. And then my family moved and my dad threw it away. Of course. Yeah. And so I went and told him that story and he said, do you have anything I can sign? I went right over to a stand next to it, bought one of his books, brought it back over. It said, here you go. Can you please sign it and say, sorry, you lost the first signature. He did that. So again, just crazy things like that. That's awesome. Yeah. Now we need to get Ashley to, um, or somebody yeah. take a picture with you and Ashley now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm trying to figure out how I could explain that to her without already looking like the stalker that I pretty much already am. So. <laughs> It would have yeah. been great if you showed up right as she's sitting there taking the picture and you just oh, yeah. sat there just like, like what? <laughs> wait, no, no offense to the, I mean, great dude, but no offense to the champion of the drag race. But um, anyway, yeah. Did yeah. you switch you that phone to selfie real quick? Yeah. I'm just <laughs> right yeah. I, it, it, it's probably a good thing I didn't, I wasn't there because I would have been like, hey, can, you, can we walk over to the galaxy's edge? We can take some pictures. You know, that's. No, sir. Call security. Yeah. 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 Probably, probably wouldn't go away. We got another one of those with Ashley. Get him, get yeah, in exactly. here. Exactly. Yeah. Another creep. Yep. <laughs> um, so we were going to talk um, little Ted Lasso, but. No, we're uh, not. Yeah. Ex- exactly. We're, we're no, I, I refuse. I like keep um, Ted Lasso conversation <laughs> out your mouth. <laughs> All right, Will Smith. <laughs> don't make me come through. Don't make me come through the Zoom call and hurt you. Um, so, so Ted Lasso's out for this week. We'll get it. We'll get it caught up in the next few weeks. We, we were thinking about watching, talking a little bad batch, but because our, our Supreme guest here hasn't checked in on it and he wants to catch up, we don't want to ruin it for him. He really likes bad batch. So we're, we're just, we're just going to say, you know what? This was a, a, a decent episode. I will say the last two episodes were, were, you know, those were bangers. Those were lit. Uh, No cap, man. They were lit. And this one. Not up to that, but but still a decent episode. Well, um, the, this, the yeah. series is great. I mean, that, that's the thing is, is it, 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 it is obviously it's it's in the vein of the Clone Wars because mm-hmm. there were there were there episodes there there are a couple of episodes. I get in the middle of some seasons of Clone Wars when I'm rewatching. I'm like, yep. all right, it feels like a cartoon, which is what it was, by the way, yep. and what it is. But but there and there's a mission, and we got to get this and this thing, and we got to do that. But but the over the, the the overall story arc of Bad Batch is just um my poor wife is tired of me talking about it. But yes, I'm a little behind and I appreciate y'all <laughs> being kind. Um plus uh 
I'm still, I watched the Mandalorian uh, last night. Um, mm-hmm. Captain Morgan and I watched it last night before I went to bed. And, um, <laughs> and it was, uh, I still cannot get over. So I, I cover motorsports and um, for ESPN, among other things. But, but, but I love NASCAR history. This year's the 75th anniversary of NASCAR. And the great, like, moonshine runners, Junior Johnson and Curtis Turner and, you know, wow. Lloyd C. and these guys from, from back in the day who, who were moon sh- bootleggers first, and then they became stock car racers the way NASCAR started. Um, they used to do what they called a bootlegger turn. And that's when you're being chased by the revenueers. You're driving through the mountains of, of North Carolina, Virginia, Tennessee, and the bootlegger turn was a 180-degree turn where you it happened so fast and it made no mechanical sense that the revenues were literally just freeze and you would go past them going in the other direction it was over with and that is exactly what Bo-Katan did in the mm-hmm. I yelled at my wife I go oh my god Bo-Katan just did a bootlegger turn <laughs> but I but I was so excited to see some star fighting like I was so excited yeah. to see that in the episode and I know the, the, the episode was more important than that but the um, but but I was so excited to see that ship pull that move. It was like it was like Maverick, and, and Top Gun when when the when the when the next gen fighter does that move and disappears, and they're like, "What was that?" And it was uh, I, but I I I'm a starship guy, and I was super excited mm-hmm. to see, um, you know, a good old fashioned chase. And it was uh, but when she pulled that turn, I literally jumped up off the couch. I thought you were gonna. I thought you were gonna go with the bootlegger turn was when he stalled out the engine going up. Oh, and then did and yeah. did the nosedive mm. back down. Oh. I, that's where I thought you were going with the bootlegger. So good. Turn. I mean, so good. Well, and plus, and I haven't talked to you guys, you know, since we got the the new Mandalorian ship, but the fact that that thing's just got a big old, you know, mm-hmm. uh, holly carb air blower sitting on the front of it is just <laughs> coolest. I love it. I he love trans- it so much. He transammed his uh his yeah. Starfighter. Starfighter. The greatest barn find of all time is what you know. What you when we find when they find like you know they'll find like a, a nineteen you know seventy Plymouth you know Roadrunner in a in a barn in a barn somewhere. It's a barn find like in Car and Driver magazine. Mm-hmm. That's what this that 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 it's a Naboo barn find. And the fact that they the fact that they dropped like you know a Hemi in it is this just for a, for a, for a car nerd like me. It's just the coolest. That you know what's funny is the the first I have a Mustang now. Wait, got one for my fiftieth birthday because that's always been my favorite car. That's awesome. Um, Thank you, Mrs. Molinaro, for saying yes for your 50th birthday. Go get a Mustang. So, but when I was 16, my dad, um, well, for most of my life, my dad was a traveling salesman all over the Midwest. And you know how many times he would come home with a car that he found that he could see in a barn as he's going down a country road? And he would see it and say, hey, Joseph, get in the car. We're going out and we're picking up this car. The very first car I drove was a 1964 and a half fastback Mustang there you go. That, that he found in a barn that had been sitting there for 20 years. Yeah. And the lady had never touched it just, and he bought it. That That's what made me fall in love with it right there. But barn find, I know exactly what you're talking about because yeah. I had to go into so many Indiana barns and drive the car out that, that he found and follow yeah. him home. Just crazy. But yeah. yes, you're exactly right. That car, the N1 Starfighter in this, while everybody misses the the initial ship, gosh, I forget, sure. what's the first ship called? The Razor Crest. Razor um, Crest, yeah. Yeah, everybody misses that, but this this is pretty cool. It's where R5 can go in there or Grogu can go in there, you know, popping the little canopy. 
Yep. And here we go. There you go. I knew you'd have it. I knew you'd have it. No, that, that was, <laughs> I, I just already, already asked for that for Christmas. Yeah. No, it's, it, no, it's just, it's, it's just the coolest. I mean, and, and and there you go. The, That's uh, it. The engine That's right it. there. I'm telling you, it's like they, it's like they pulled the engine out of Chase Elliott's Chevy and dropped it into the front of a, of a Nebu Starfighter. It's just the, for me, that's like the greatest, that's the greatest thing ever. Well, and, and they always make sure you hear that engine too mm -hmm. when oh, he's yeah. coming into land or anything. Like they oh, yeah, make yeah. sure it kind of kicks a little bit and yeah, like yeah, you're like, yeah. oh, he's there. You know, it's yeah. sweet. No, it's this, you know, it's, it's fantastic. This goes back to George Lucas's love for race cars, yep. and, and the pod race was completely put together for him loving and having a different sound for each one of the pod racers, yep. have, having ships like this sound like automobiles. This is his love for race cars. So hearing that, like you said, it just, it, it harkens back to the original GL. So yep. Yep. I, I love it. I love it. Well, you, you brought up Mandalorian. That is the big topic of the night. Mandalorian uh, season three, episode three. So what is that? Episode 19 overall, right? Uh, yeah. 19. Uh, I personally loved the the cutaway. I love the initial part with with Mando and Bo-Katan. I love the middle part with the politics, the the inner workings. I it it scratched the Andor itch, but it also scratched the New Republic itch that us EU guys really would love to see and have so many old books. And I've got a whole list that Alfie wants me to talk about, so I will bring that up later. I love that. It had a little you know, spy kind of feel to it in, in the middle and then finishing back up with Bo and, and Mando again at the end. I loved how it was set up. I enjoyed this show from, from scoops to nuts. I loved all of it. Besides the, besides the bootleg turn, Ryan, what, what did you think overall on all this in this episode? Yeah. Well, and I'm, I love Coruscant. And so I'll just, mm -hmm. you know, when we get back there and, and then what I love is, is that we're getting different angles of it. You know, and and I thought it was amazing, kind of seeing it through the eyes of the doctor who couldn't believe he was there, and and even even you, you, the opening where he gets there and oh my gosh, so unbelievable! The, even the ride out to the shipyard, mm -hmm. it gave him that moment where he's looking out the window and can't believe you know what he's seeing, and so it's kind of it's kind of you know, eye level looking up at it as opposed to I felt like in the in the prequels we always we always kind of looked at it from up here, right? And so now we're kind of down with the, so, so that part of it was amazing to me, but yeah, you, you made a great point, which was it, it scratched the Andor itch because it, it wasn't just being a course on, but it kind of felt like mm -hmm. Andor with the sneaking around and, and the pacing of it, you know, what was, I haven't really talked to you guys about Andor, but what was, what was so striking about Andor was the pacing of it. And sometimes drove me a little crazy. I'm like, damn, are we just going to sit around a fire talking all the time? It, <laughs> But then when, once it got going, but it's, but it was a real TV show with like, you know, double digit episodes. And so there was, it was a pacing, like, like, you know, like an old spy show. And so it felt like that, you know, we're, we're ground level Coruscant, you know, even living kind of in the, in the, you know, um, on the wrong side of the tracks, you know, like, like mm -hmm. we saw, um, you know, in, in Andor, but, um, but yeah. And then we kind of had this, you knew, you knew, you knew it was coming. There's no way we could trust her. Um, and, and so for it all of a sudden to turn, um, on a guy that we hated and now we're trying to like, and he's trying to adjust to a new life and, um, and, you know, and it ends with him going, you know, um, you know, full, uh, clockwork orange. It's just like, you know, it just, it was heartbreaking. And, and then, and then, and then we go back, right. And then we yep. go back to right around the time you're thinking, damn, we're, 
you know, I, what I was honestly about 10 minutes in, I'm thinking, so we've left again. Like we left Boba Fett mm-hmm. and didn't see Boba Fett for two episodes or whatever it was. And are we, are we, are we, are we, are we totally gone now? And then we came back. And so at some point, like Andor, I'm really curious to see how it all ends up back in the middle because, because it will. Um, but yeah, it just, it, the pacing of it was very, very Andor. And I, I was glad to hear you say that. Okay. Brent. So didn't pick up on the clockwood orange <laughs> reference until you said it. So it it's definitely uh, something that I'm going to think about even a little bit more because I was, I like that the statement, I'm going to think about it, but you mentioned that you felt like we didn't like the, the doctor or the yeah the doctor Pershing. I was always kind of sympathetic to him because I don't feel like he yeah. was the evil. Like right. um, I feel like Warner Herzog's character, the one who was ordering the, the to go find Grogu, the one who had the, the best car, yeah, the, yeah, the client, <laughs> the, yeah. that character, that character, I was not a big fan of, and that character I hated, but I, I was kind of sympathetic because I felt like Pershing was being forced to do the work that he was being, and I mean, he more or less said so in this episode too that like it wasn't really him that he was, like the the work is right. all that he cared about. It was like his work got hijacked for a different purpose. Um, so I was always kind of sympathetic to him. So I was continuing to be that sympathetic. Um, and I, I felt for him being manipulated, like she manipulated the hell out of him. Yeah. But it also it also ended in a different way than I expected it to end. Because I think every one of us was expecting her to like lead him to Moth. Like I, I expected, like once they got onto the ship, they would leave the doors and there would be Moth Gideon being like, all right, you're going to come do this for me again. Or at least that's what I thought was going to happen. Yeah. Like I, I thought she yeah. was still kind of working the double angle with Moff mm-hmm. for Moff Gideon, yeah. which I'm not sure she's still not right. I mean, there's still she might there's be. still there's still a point that she probably could be doing that. Like she's <laughs> got to get to this point to get Moff out or to find where Moff is at. But I think she's still trying to get back and work with Moff Gideon. Yeah. Well, well my wife and I had this conversation today about. So is she? Is you know, we don't really know what happened to him, right? That I know of. And so Ma? Um, well, well they had like four different stories, right? So when they yeah, sit around right. the table, right. which right. okay, two things. Their little like drink carrier made me smile because there's actually like they're in the shape of wine. If you buy single yeah. serve, yes. you can buy yeah. single serve wine in real life. I was stacked like stacked oh. up like that, yeah. Stacked up just like that, and he gave yep. him whatever color was in there. Um, I got a kick out of that because like, okay, so that this is this one time that I think that kind of works <laughs> both ways. Like it, it does look, it works in the star Wars world in that way, but it also is something that is actually purchasable in real life too. Yeah. No, it, it, it's, I, I felt like she, I feel like he was part and maybe I'm, my theory was that what she did to him was part of a larger mission, which is her job is to stay right where she is and take care of anyone who might sell him out or who might, mm. you know, damage the cause. And if she identifies someone that can help, fine. But it just felt like a really long walk to set him mm-hmm. up. But but it was smooth, man. It was just it was it was um but yeah. The whole time she's there, I'm like, dude, there's no way she's <laughs> I don't trust this at all. <laughs> but uh but yeah, but it was but I'm with you. I, the the twist I didn't I didn't see coming. But it's but it is very um I mean to to put it in Marvel terms uh with your uh with your hoodie over there the you know it felt very sleeper cell you know hydra right 
Oh yeah. Like, all right, you know, we're just going to be, I'm your buddy and man, we're all in this together and Holy cow, can you believe the way it used to be and, and all that stuff. And it was, uh, but it was, it was just, I mean, we'll see what happens, but it just felt like pure evil at the time. D doc. How about you? Yeah. I thought the new Republic was pretty freaking weird to be honest with you. Uh, it felt like <laughs> some kind of weird infomercial, you know? Yeah. yeah. Like yeah. we're, we're all friends here, you know, yeah. but then it's like, it's funny because I was, I group watch with my brother. So we got our Xbox headsets on and, you know, we laugh and we, it's not like we really talk, but we watch together like through the app and then we'll talk about it. Nice. After. And, um, I told him after I said, people don't know how to rule in the star Wars universe without being an asshole by accident, yep. basically. Yep. Like there's no other way to put it. Yep. Like, like these guys think they're doing the right thing, but it also still comes off pretty damn weird. Like yeah. they purposely, when his door opened up and it's like, you're free now, you know what I mean? It's like, you know, he's in the rehabilitation program or whatever, but it's like when his door opened up and he was like happy to see it, it felt like he was in jail. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. even though they're like in their happy place or whatever, you know, you're in jail still like, no, I felt like it was an internment camp. Yeah. yeah. I, it came across like it Amnesty. was like, instead of internments, I mean, it's yeah. I mean, I mean, it felt like, and it looked like it was all dark and depressing. It was all layered road housing. They were all wearing the same uniform, which was different from the new Republic uniform. And they were essentially slaves. So like, I felt <laughs> like it was like an internment camp slash like concentration camp. I wasn't going to go quite there because the technology is a little bit stronger there, but like, yeah, they put it like they, they sequestered them off and they didn't trust them to be out in the regular popular gen pop. And yep. so, yeah, they are kind of in jail. So I agree with you, d How are you feeling today? <laughs> yeah, no, How yeah. do you feel about the New Republic? And this will tell you guys that I'm a couple episodes behind on Bad Batch. But what I love right now, again, I keep going back to Marvel. Marvel, it's all on the same timeline, right? Which is awesome. But, I mean, multiverse aside, it's all on the same timeline. But in Star Wars, we have these multiple timelines of these shows that are all coming out at the same time. And we're going back to the same places. And there's also these same themes. And so, again, I'm a couple episodes behind on Bad Batch. But there's this debate happening about what the hell do we do with these clones? Mm -hmm. You know, they served us well and, and they did some good things and then they did some really bad things. But what the hell do we do with them now? And that's kind of where we are with these, you know, Imperials. these are stormtroopers. What the hell yeah. do we do with these guys, you know? These are the guys that gave the orders to do all the awful things that we saw on the other shows. So what do we do with them? And it's, it reminds me a little bit of, um, you're talking about World War II. I kept thinking about um, the rocket scientists, the German rocket scientists. Oh, Werner Braun? Yeah. Werner Braun, 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 Braun and those guys. And then the guys that, you know, the Russians got their guys and, and the Americans, we got our guys. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it's the, line, it's the line from the right stuff. You know, our Germans are better than their Germans. <laughs> but, but the ones they couldn't use, they sent to prison. And yeah. the, but the ones they could use who could build the rockets mm -hmm. that we couldn't figure out how to build, they, you know, they put them to work and gave them a lot of money and houses and all that other stuff. So it's, it, I kept thinking about that, you know, while I was watching this. Well, I'm, I'm going to back it up. Cause I, I, the nerdy guy that I am, I, I did. And I always write little notes to remind myself of little topics, little things that stood out to me. Um, Castle Crees getting blown up uh, by, by, these Imperials, who we, as Bo-Katan said, that's a lot of that's a lot of ships for an Imperial warlord. So I think that was leading, that comment was leading in a different direction. But she now, with her castle being destroyed, her home being taken away, 
she's kind of in the lot that Mando's in. She's nowhere to go, no family to turn to, no, you know, all of her people have already left her because she's not with the Darksaber anymore. So that was kind of her last grasp of being this royal elite person. And now when she had to jump and leave, that she was kind of leaving all that behind. So I know we wrap back around to that at the end, but right then and there, she, you you never hear her do that. You know, she did that, she did that like that when when the castle was going right. She's not an emotional kind of person, I guess. She's very tough, and so I, I got to feel like that's leading her down a different path now, where she's basically like, I, I have nowhere else to turn, right? I do I do I team up now with this guy, or do I still keep going down this? badass road that i was on where i was a loner and i you know was facing on my own so i don't know if that point stood out to you guys or not but it was just one that before we got into the course on stuff that, that stood out to me was not only the turn but but seeing her home basically being destroyed she's again right yeah, yeah. I, I thought about that too about the you know the you know we all carry around our baggage right and you know and and again you know, what have we just seen? We've just seen Mandalore completely flattened and everything that you've had to endure and the emotion attached to that. And now, you know, you got this kind of little oasis. They're not going to bother me here. <laughs> and you see the same damn thing again. You know, you're being, you know, bombed by, you know, uh, you know, Imperial ships. So it was just, it was, yeah, she, she, I'm really curious to see um, where it goes with her because uh, the way they left it, I didn't, I was I was surprised the way it ended because it was just kind of this, yeah. you know, what do well, I do? And, that, that, and, and that them accepting there. her so yeah. fast, you know, it was like, you know, Dan had to do all this stuff and you're like, oh, you did it too? Well, good, you're in, you know, until you leave. And once you leave, you're out. But, but, but for right now, you're in. Go ahead, Brent. Uh, how did the Empire get there so fast? Because here's the deal. Do they have like alarm sensors on Mandalore? So when you touch ground or you get caught by a little grievous-like creature that, that sends alarm bells back to the Empire or to whoever warlord they are, there is? because, yeah. Or is that the reason why they say that it is cursed and you can't live there is because as soon as it happens, you're going to have these people invading and blowing you up? Yeah. Because how did they get there so quickly? Because for how long was uh, Bo-Katan chilling, on the, chilling in her house by herself not being affected and then all of a sudden this dude shows up they do a quest to go see some dead dinosaur in the water <laughs> go bathe in the soothing waters of lake minnetonka and now the house is going to be blown up because they bathed in the smoothing waters of lake minnetonka yeah. <laughs> maybe maybe they were just watching her you know she never went and and maybe they were just watching her and as soon as she as soon as they saw her go they're like all right you know the plan all along was as long as she sits there and doesn't do anything fine but if she the second she tries mm -hmm. to go back you know you know we get we pull out file you know file 13 and do that but it, <laughs> I, I don't know but it's a great i thought about the same thing it's like you know um, they left her alone for so long and then all of a sudden we had yeah. like 35 yep. of these tie interceptors right. that are just trying to come and get her yeah one of the one of the tie pilots looked at his phone and he goes wait a second Motion detected on Mandalore yeah. from the ring camera. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> like, yeah. let's go. Exactly, dude. Yeah. I feel like I feel like that trap that Mando like uh tripped with the little grievous like creature sent an alarm bell to the to the yeah. Empire. Yeah. Yeah. They got a call from uh CPI security. That's right. And 
I just want to go one more step back to that too, though. I, I love how it picked up right after, right after mm-hmm. they got out of the water. And I, I don't know if it's the first statement she says to him, but it's within the first paragraph of monologue where she said, did you see the creature down there? Did, did you, you see, see something, something alive? Down there? Did you see something yeah. alive? Right. So yeah. not, did you see the creature? Did you see something alive? And he's like, no, I don't know what you're talking about. Yep. And she, cause she obviously saw it and she was like, Oh shit. So now is like the minute the minute is he gonna come up out Not of before? the water? Is he gonna come up out of the water? Does he travel like turtles through hyperspeed? Like, is what kind of thing? Like, what kind of destruction will this thing bring? Can they put it onto the gauntlet fighter and have it transported to where they can drop ship it somewhere else? I'm curious about this mythosaur and if it's ever gonna come up later. The the armorer said when that returns, Mandalore will return as well. I think that was wasn't that the reading that she told him like it, it the mythosaur to... will right right yeah. so the mythosaur will rise but at the same time what is uh everybody's wearing a mythosaur on their shoulder chest right so it could be a it could be a meta metaphorical mythosaur right but in so if you go back to season one krill said your kind rode the mythosaur you can ride this blurg right so uh love it <clears throat> so love it, it, it and Boba Fett rode a Rancor. So are we going to have a Mythosaur Rancor fight? Mm, Godzilla King Kong, baby, in Star Wars. Okay, just... Hey, um, Alfie, Alfie, in the book of Alfie, I'm going to go a few bullet points here, see if these stir anything up for you or if you guys knew any of this. A couple of points he wants to hit, he says. The Opera House from Revenge of the Sith is where Dr. Pershing is giving his speech. So I didn't know that, but Alfie did. Memorial Plaza, where they're walking around eating the like glow-in-the-dark popsicles. Memorial Plaza and the top of the mountain, that mountain that came up on top, uh, are from 1993, the Illustrated Star Wars Universe by Ralph McQuarrie. Those, those two, that place right there where all that stuff is. The museum and the hollow zoo mentioned by the robot cab driver are from Kevin J. Anderson's Jedi Academy trilogy. I love that trilogy. That was so much fun. Um, Coruscant Accords are from Aftermath, Outlaws Cloning, uh, so that is, that's also canon. March of the Resistance was playing at the carnival, and they were walking yeah. around. Coruscant is described by the droid as an ecumenopolis, ecumenopolis, it's a classic I thought it was a humanopolis, I thought he called it a humanopolis, like human, ecumenopolis. Oh, yeah. It, I was watching it with the subtitles. That is what it was. E C. Oh, I thought I like heard human. I heard humanopolis. I nope. didn't hear the first part of it. So I'm like, okay, yeah, it's a human. It's a lot of people on top of each other. It's it's a classic sci-fi term for a city planet, and it was for a planet that had over a trillion people. Um, let's see. The okay, here's fun ones. Bindu Day and Tongs Day. Those were interesting. You say so. I don't know if that's Monday, Tuesday, but. The Tongs, T-A-U-N-G-S, were the first humanoids to inhabit Mandalore and became the first Mandalorians. Alfie, the book of Alfie. Uh, Dr. Pershing specializes in strand casts, not cloning. Strand casts is when you combine two different organisms to make one. So that's why he was showing the DNA swap like in Jurassic Park, where they were flipping the things together. Um, Yeah, well, they're trying to take a Jedi and turn them into something else. Yeah. Okay. And he said that uh, Bo says, uh, like you guys mentioned, too many ties for a warlord, uh, plus the red highlights on them is something to be looked at. I know that's a lot. Sorry, but those are great Easter eggs. So I didn't even notice they were red 
on them, but they're going too quick for these old eyes. But Alfie hit on a lot of good stuff there, and and I remember some of those things from the books, but not all of those. But that's some good good things to hit. I love that again. Favreau and Filoni are throwing in the uh, the toy box and the sandbox, man, and just having fun with all these things. I was really proud of myself when you said the part about the opera house because I totally recognize that and and then i was kind of proud of myself on maybe one other thing and then alfie just completely just, i mean smoked me i was like you know what i'm gonna hang i'm for once i'm gonna hang with the book of alfie because i was like i was like oh, i knew the red stairs i knew the opera house i knew i knew exactly what that was and and and, and i recognized the song. oh that is oh okay and I recognized the song. I yelled when the music was playing in the background mm -hmm. of the chorus. I, I said to my wife, I go, oh, my gosh, I, we, we know that song. So so I was all proud of myself. But then against Alfie right then, I batted about I batted about 100. So <laughs> so did your wife know that song? Because you said we know that song. Did your wife know that song? After I pointed it out, yes. <laughs> if you go back, yeah, yeah, or what, yeah. After I, maybe she just was being nice at that point. When I say we, I was about, when I say we, I was about me and Captain Morgan. We recognize that. Song. <laughs> yeah. and then, and hopefully, my wife did. And I, I know people aren't the biggest fans of Aftermath by Wendig, only because it was written in a different style than people were used to. Um, and maybe it didn't tell the story that people expected after after Return of the Jedi and all that. But I think that mountaintop is also in those books because I, I wanna I wanna say that Mon Mothma goes to that mountaintop when she's discussing moving the capital from Coruscant to Chandrilla. And making it, um, making it a moving capital instead of always being on Coruscant. And then, if you guys noticed in the Andor type when he's sitting in the little cubicle, where he said we're decommissioning the Alliance um, fighters and all that yep. stuff. Again, after Return of the Jedi, Mon Mothma said we we don't need an army anymore. So we're going to start. Not only are we taking apart the Star Destroyers, but we're going to start getting rid of the army from the alliance that's why leia went and started the resistance because she was like we we need to have some protection we need to have an army so i don't know i'm just throwing out stupid stuff that i had from books maybe i'm wrong well, it's like hey d doc said no one knows how to rule right mm -hmm. and no one no one also knows when to trust anyone like it's like you know oh we're good now oh we're good i mean how many times <laughs> it's the whole you know the Jedi, we're good. It's all good, and you know everybody, we're, we're good now. You know, and even the even at the age of the resistance, all we're good. No, you're not. You're not good. No, no one knows how to rule, <laughs> and no one knows how to just chill. No one knows when is, is, the truth is in the middle, and no one seems so, to understand that. Yep. So we re, we replace one bureaucracy with another bureaucracy. Yeah, one hundred percent. Yeah, right. I mean that that's essentially what I was taking from it, and I was like, I, what the Bad Batch has shown me, and what Andor has shown me is that the Empire is evil. And what homeboy who was pushing his cart, giving out the data files was telling me is that the new Republic may be just as evil as, yeah. um, and they were so quick to lobotomize the Dr. Pershing. Mm. Um, I mean, that was like, they're further like, Nope, we're going to lobotomize you. It'll be great. I got it last week and it felt wonderful. <laughs> like, look at me. I'm happy as can be. <laughs> and then, okay. Okay. So since we brought up him and we like, what kind of, I mean, they threw that line in for every star Wars fan ever. Oh I kind of was like, I laughed, but I was like, Oh, I was like, it's funny, but oh, it was awesome. Because I mean, right. Like, it's, like <laughs> come on. It was awesome. I mean, it was like that. That's like the softball of all softball. Yeah. 
Like if you want to bat a thousand with the, with the book of Alfie, <laughs> like you're not going to, but if you, if you miss that reference, then you shouldn't go back to T-ball. Yeah. That's why Alfie didn't list it. Cause it was that's so right. <laughs> He's like, you guys should all know this. Yeah. Just don't even worry about it. But there's just, I mean, there are times, there are times as a writer and I've never, <laughs> written, I've never written a screenplay. Never will. But, but there are times as a writer, when you write a line and you're like, this has to be written. And you're like, I, I don't, I don't know that I should. I don't know that anyone wants this, but if I don't write this, then I should be fired because it's just, you know, <laughs> it's, it has to be in there. And so, yeah, when he said it, I was like, I was like, it's a trap and this is amazing. And again, I'll reference this again. Now your Admiral wife might've picked up on that one. Yeah. Admiral Akbar's guide to everything. Uh, literally everything is a trap. Like, like everybody <laughs> says like it's, a, it's a cloud. It's a raindrop. It's a it's a storm, it's a bull, whatever there is. Oh gosh! It's, it's a fire, whatever it is. Akbar just points it out and says that's what it is. So yeah, it's uh, <laughs> even on the even on the back it says it's a book. It's a book. <laughs> yeah. So that's that's his guide to everything. Oh my gosh, I love it! I love yeah. it. Um, uh, yeah, Brent. To go to your point though, you know Joey watches watches Mandalorian. What is today? Thursday. So Wednesday morning, he watches it. He's up with Frankie early, you know, hanging out. He watches it. I get a text. So basically, the New Republic's assholes kind of like the Empire's yeah. assholes. And yeah. I was like, well, when you get bureaucracy into the middle, those people really they they go straight ahead. They don't they don't veer off. If it's something you have to change or do something, that's just how it's going to be, right? That guy wasn't going to write that whatever form just because it would be something to take out of his normal day. He didn't want to have to do that. And, you know, bureaucrats well, and, and that kind of setup, that's just how it is. He's got to fill it out in triplicate and then make sure he double stamps it and then sends yep. it off to the next person who's got to write it up in triplicate and then send it off to the next person who writes it up in triplicate because we got to find something for these 1 trillion people to do, that's which right. is like the empire had to find something for these 1 trillion people to do on this one planet. Let's we got to just switch it over and slap a different symbol on you. No. And, and again, there he sits in a cubicle mm -hmm. in Coruscant. And what do we just see in Andor? Mm -hmm. Guy that screwed up at his job and gets sent back and fights his way back. And what, what is his reward? He's sitting in a cubicle in Coruscant. And guess what? He figured out a way to get out of there. And, and so was the doc. Boys, uh, I yeah. hate to do this. No. The NCAA tournament is going on. And work just said that I have to go to work and talk about basketball. Like no. actual March Madness. But I, I cannot <laughs> tell you how much fun this is. And again, I said it before and I'll say it again. It's just nice to be able to talk um, kind of, you know, unchecked about all that stuff because nowhere else could I sit <laughs> here and talk about, um, you know, the genius of Admiral Akbar and everyone gets what I'm saying. So I, 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 I appreciate that gift. No problem. We'll communicate soon. We'll, we'll, we'll touch base before the 500 and, and keep in touch. Thank you all so right, much. boys. Y'all are the best. And Thank uh, you. I'll see you. You Thank got you, it, sir. Thanks. Um, yeah. There, by the way, there are several big upsets that have happened so far this uh, today. So we're recording this on Thursday. We're recording it late in the evening on the East Coast. So yep. I, at least one, two, 15 seed upset. There was another like, yep. uh, uh, there's an eight, nine, but that's not really an upset. But there were at least two big ones that were that I can think of off the top of my head. Yeah. Uh, what, four, at 14 of uh, four. Yeah. Furman yeah. in Virginia. Yeah. Uh, 14, four. And then like, or whatever, 14, whatever. And then uh, who uh, who's the two? Um, 
Yeah, this beat uh, Arizona. 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 Yeah. Princeton. Princeton. Yeah, Princeton so, beats yeah. Arizona. So hey, so, yeah. no, that's that's good stuff. I love all this stuff's going on. D Doc, we're gonna have more work over the next few days because I'm gonna keep sending you these and as they come up, you're making great graphics and we're gonna post them and get people's opinions. And you know what I think we should do is I think maybe we should tag either the actor or the you know, somebody related to that character every time we post one of these to see if uh see if they want to comment and see if they rally people to vote for them in this so i think yeah. uh, you know ezra bridger ezra bridger's voice actor might want to help him in the second round get get past that so he's gonna uh, be upset that he was a 10 seed i'm just gonna let you know like i how do you put him against sabine it's like, just how like, the numbers came out oh my god that's such a hard matchup yeah i know well now he's got to face leia in the second round so ezra versus leia so yeah it's it's gonna be good and mace windu versus qui-gon jen in the second round it's oh, gonna be God. a blast. Uh, but, oh, but, me, uh, but Jar Jar was beating Mace. He was another one that had a rally. Mace had to rally <laughs> from when I voted. Jar Jar was beating Mace. So the, today, though, R two D two ninety to ten over Hondo. Uh, Han Solo ninety five to five over Kyle Katarn. Yeah, I mean there there were some there were some really really butt whoopings. Leia eighty seven to thirteen over Fennec Shan. So there were there were some blowouts, but there's some tight ones. There's some that were within, you know, two, three, four, you know, percentile. So it's it's been fun, and I'm enjoying it. And it, you know, I mean, I think it's it's good. It gets us interacting with more fans and and everything. Speaking of fans, speaking of people doing podcasts, um, Kerwin from the Father Son Galaxy podcast. Yesterday was his 55th birthday. I got a chance to wish him a birthday on this show. Uh, there, there were other people on there coming on live and talking to him and everything. He's a great guy. His son, Keith's a good kid. Uh, they, they're a good group, and they do some good things. So if you're listening to us, go check out Father, Son, Galaxy. Tell them that Rule of the Galaxy sent, uh, sent you their way, and uh, they're good people. So happy birthday to Kerwin. Go ahead, Brent. I just want to go back because we're ADHD here, and it's fine. I want to go back <laughs> to talking about and bring back the whole fact. Um, just one piece you called it Andor. I this was Andor, right? Like to me, this it, take out the first fifteen minutes of the movie or the show, and it was Andor. This I was didn't think so. This was Slapface and Deidre. I'm sorry, this was the same kind of situation. This was this was an the, to me, this was an episode of Andor that had the same pace as an episode of Andor. And yeah. anyone who was hating on Andor will, and there are going to be the Mando apologists that will love this because it's in the Mando series. But to me, this was nothing but the exact same thing that we got with Andor. It, it was Andor on Coruscant. It was Andor during the New Republic. That's all. It was Andor, what, post-Return of the Jedi instead of pre-New Hope. Yeah. yeah. I mean, but I, I honestly thought that <clears throat> this episode to me felt like a mix of original trilogy, prequel, and sequel all put into one because – when he got out of his little Ted talk there and he was talking with the other people, it almost reminded me of like the casino scene, like their outfits that they were wearing and stuff like that. Yes. Like I some agree. of the gear they were wearing. And then you got, you're on Coruscant. So you got the prequels, but then you got like, of course the Mando stuff with it. Like, obviously you had, you had your middle section. That was the meat of this episode, which mm -hmm. it was more and or based like definitely, but like, I don't know. I felt like that was like a, a star Wars melting pot that episode, honestly, like, which is kind of easy to say, I guess. So the one thing that I would need to, to completely buy into what you were saying is 
to see at least one or two distinctly sequel trilogy aliens to get me to feel like it was more towards the sequel trilogy. Like you said, I didn't even put together until he was, until Ryan was talking about it, that it was the opera house, but, but because of the steps going down, that was what was, that would, should have triggered it. It was the opera house from um, episode three. But in that scene, if you would have had somebody in the background, if you would have had like a Rodian standing next to one of the one or two of those that were distinctly sequel trilogy aliens, then you could have made that melting pot a little bit better and more visually um, melting potted mm-hmm. and show that there is that change. Over. You're right. You could you could have you could have meshed it in from getting your prequel fix, getting your original trilogy fix, getting it to the sequel trilogy era. I I don't know. I mean, I'm hoping. Look, we we want this to all be connected. So I'm hoping that by the end of this season, if not throughout season four of Mando, that we really do start seeing that that crossover. Because as much as I don't like the sequels as much as the original trilogy or the prequels, I want it to connect. I I, I want it to be that changeover to them. So you're right. I mean, they could have they could have added that in there. That's probably the one thing that was really missing out of that that uh, middle scene there. Or you could have had the alien that was on the train, the train. <laughs> be more sequel trilogy-ish, right? You could have had the alien that they interacted there mm-hmm. be like the slug, maybe not the exact slug, make it a different color, but make it like the slug that was on the Millennium Falcon that was helping Finn oh, fly yeah. the Millennium Falcon. You could have had like something like that that could have distinctly tied to the sequel, the sequel trilogies a little bit tighter. Um, but to me, it's like, it was the, like, it was, and like the whole thing to me was Andor minus the, the, the star fight at the beginning, which was fantastic and over the top and amazing. And anytime I get to hear the TIE fighter sound, it is amazing. You heard that when I was, when we talked about Andor, Mm -hmm. but the whole middle part of that, the whole recruiting of Pershing to go steal the going to and stealing that was to me that that is the same pacing that was the same as andor and people will say that they love this and those are the same people that will say that andor sucked and this is a, that's like to me it's like you're only you're making apologies for it because it has the nostalgia because you get your original trilogy because it is inside of the mandalorian where we did get to see the fun stuff with the nostalgia there like where we do see the opera house and those that pick the opera house mm-hmm. will be like, oh, that's almost, it's so much better because of that. And it's no, like it's the same as what you got with Andor. <laughs> and it just, I hate that people hate on and then they will apologize when they do like this one, I guess is where I'm coming from. Mm-hmm. I get you, no, brother. I see that. <laughs> Another, I get you. there was one other thing I wanted to hit on too was hit like it. with the chase. Um, I loved the cockpit views that we got of Bo-Katan with oh, yeah. R5 and um, and uh, uh, Grogu behind her. Grogu threw over the, the cover <laughs> over himself. <laughs> I guess maybe in case he threw up uh, while they were flying around. I don't know if he was eating any of those uh, blue cookies before that. But you know what's funny? We always say this is like the toy box thing with these guys. Today, I, I'd already watched the episode last night. Today, my kids found, I have a box of like, from when i was a kid just like all piled in there and i have like random trinkets from my childhood mixed into it 
and I'm sorting through it. They're like building a little house and doing whatever. And I find a little freaking tie interceptor. Like, I don't know. It was from a board game or something. Just a little tiny tie interceptor gray one. And I'm just like, you gotta be kidding me. Like it's the toy box thing with those guys. Like I love the interceptors, but they're technically, I, I guess they're not in star Wars that much. I've played with them a lot in video games, but like, but only are they... Jedi, right? Weren't they only in Jedi? They weren't in the bombers I... were in empire strikes back. Were oh yeah because they were bombing the uh, asteroid asteroid. Um, I think but the interceptors the, were in Jedi at the last. But battle. weren't they making the interceptor in Rebels? Isn't that what Lothal was making? Was the interceptor, or were they making a defender? They were making they were making an advanced. Yeah, they were making Tie yeah. Fighter. One of the advanced Tie Fighters. I couldn't remember if it was a defender or interceptor because those are slightly different. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I yeah. have to go back and look. But yes, they were. That was what he. That's what Thrawn wanted to make. He wanted to make those ships and some other ship instead of building the Death Star. Remember, he wanted to get the funds going to those class of ships instead of spending all of the money on one big Death Star. So, uh, but yeah, I can't, can't remember off the top of my head. Somebody's well, listening right now going, it's this, you idiots. Or Alfie's going to listen to this and go, right. guys, come on. So, d you do know that where we get that from is actually from Filoni and Favreau, right? They, if you watch the gallery, which is the making of the season one, in the gallery, Filoni and Favreau yeah. is like he yeah. he. One of them says, "It's like your brother got all the cool toys, and you're left with all the D D characters. Exactly. And what can what what kind of stories can we tell with? Because your brother's over there playing with Han and Luke and Leia, <laughs> but we got Walrus Man, and we got this. So what kind of stories can we tell with like those C and D characters? They're the one that say that they do that, and right. they're trying to pull those out and pull stories from those characters. Yep, I'm yeah, along for the awesome. ride." Yeah, I'll, I'll go with this. This is fun. I'm having a good time with Mando. Uh, uh, you know, Bad Batch, Ryan's not here, so we can talk about it real briefly if you want to. Um, it, it was, uh, let's see, Bad Batch, Pabu? Is that how we're pronouncing it? Pabu? Pabu? Um, you mean season- Greece? You mean Santorini? <laughs> you pretty much. Um, I, hadn't I mean, it was, either, that. It, it was either the uh, uh, Roman or uh, Italian Riviera or in a Sicily or some sort of Italian island, or it was Santorini, uh, or it was I'll like go, a mixture of both. I'll go with that. So this was season season two, episode thirteen, so number twenty nine overall. So we only have three three episodes left for this, and next week is one March twenty second is one um, episode, and it's uh, tipping point, and then March 29th, double episode to end it, the summit and Plan ninety nine. That's the March 29th, the last two together. So they're they're bundling those up there together. But in this one, you know, they cut ties with Sid. Uh, they help Fee re- recover a lost artifact. Uh, they're kind of, hey, we're cutting away from Sid. She says, you know, why don't you come with me, hang out at this place. They go to this peaceful island of Pabu. Uh, they got a mayor there and his daughter. Uh, Omega gets to play with his daughter because she doesn't get to play with kids that much. <laughs> they're on this beautiful little island and what happens when they're there uh, a tsunami comes rumbling in and uh, Hunter has to go rescue Omega and Liana I believe is the, the, the uh, little girl's name out on a boat in the middle of uh, in the middle of the water for this problem coming and Tech and Wrecker help the citizens get to the top after it's all done they agree to stay on board and help them rebuild and not go do all these crazy missions what do you think? Do you think on the next three episodes they're just going to sit around and rebuild that island a little bit at a time for three straight episodes? Or do you think something else is going to happen? 
Uh, I'll let Brent go on it. <laughs> so everyone's going to sit here and say, oh my God, I can't believe it. They had two banger episodes and now we just got all this filler. Oh my God. I didn't why say can't that. We just... I said it was an okay episode. I, social media will say that. There are going to be people jumping ship. Um, I believe Matt said that I, I hope we don't go back to them. And I said, I guarantee you, you're going to go back to them. Um, this is this is the one time that I feel like I was guaranteed to be right. Um, however, I feel like there's growth and I feel like there's character development, whether you want to see it or not, because it's not what you wanted. Um, Tech, they, Tech had some character development, some growth. They all did. Right. So, oh, like like Hunter had some because Hunter's their leader. And he finally realizes, like, look, what are we doing? And you know what? This is a place because it looks like everybody is a refugee of some kind. Everybody is a transplant, it comes across as, because the mayor wasn't originally from that island. Correct. And he said, we've all moved here. So there are. this is a place of people that are coming for refuge. He said, what about the Empire? And he's like, dude, the Empire is not coming because we're one island with limited resources. Why would they come and see us? Why would they come and affect us? We don't have anything to offer them which is true because they just take over everything that has to offer. So that's giving them a place to hide out. Yep. It's giving them uh it's giving us a, once they're done doing bad battery, they now have a place to retire to. So when you say we don't see them and any other stuff, no, you don't see them because they're done and they decided to disappear to Pabu. They have their retirement community. They have their Boca Raton. They have their, <laughs> they have their gated community that they want to be a part of. And if I'm not mistaken, some of somebody on this show that we call the book of Alfie said that these people should just go around and be the, uh, the a team and save different villages and save different people. Well, what did they do here? They used their intelligence and their abilities to make sure that those people were saved and got to the top of the mountain. They did do they, that. They were the a team. Now they didn't, I don't know if I, picked up on a montage a cool 18 ish montage no. but they got to the they got the people and helped the people get to the top that to me it to me there's a lot there that people will write off instantly because it wasn't crosshair it wasn't early empire it wasn't deep um it was not it was deep if you let it be deep it wasn't um i don't know action-packed it wasn't revolving around the empire. It was revolving around how Omega's attitude is changing. She's finding a family. Like they're trying to grow this family. They all felt a connection to that place and they're willing to stay. Cause what else do they have to do at this point? Not much. Yeah. You're right. Now I, now I don't need to watch it cause I haven't watched it yet guys. <laughs> <laughs> Damn it. I don't care. I I watched a little bit of it, so I'm like I want. I'm like you know what? I'm not going to say anything, and I just want to hear these guys break it down. Because again, I'm having my issues with with this being on the same night of Mandalorian. The way my schedule, the way my schedule works, I'm a weirdo with how I watch things that I want to absorb. Like it drives my wife crazy. Like because if I'm watching Survivor with her, like I want to turn the lights off and like lock into it. So like that's how I am. And I don't like I have opportunities to watch during the daytime and Bad Batch is getting the bad end of Mando for me mm -hmm. right now. 
and I was watching it tonight beforehand. And when I saw them getting a another artifact, I'm just like, how many times are we going to do this this year, man? Like, <laughs> and I like I'm a Bad Batch apologist too. Like, I I love the Bad Batch actually, <clears throat> but like, I don't know. It's like, I, where is this going uh, this season? Like, is it leading to their retirement? Like, is that it? Like, uh, you go on Disney Plus now, and it, it like you know how they have their top billboard like where yeah. you can scroll bad batch is like five in now it's like i feel like disney is gonna just be like while they're cutting these budgets and everything if bad batch isn't like getting oh it's done point they're gonna cut it which it's which done. like bothers me because then i'm like we technically don't need the filler episodes because we just need to like we might be on borrowed time here like i don't know i i'm still going to watch this i love i actually don't mind to hear your guys input and then watch it myself and, and see that for myself too. Cause like, I like the character development. I care about the characters in the bad batch. I mean, tech and wrecker for some reason are like my favorite guys in it. Like, I don't know why I just really like those guys. Um, but I just, I don't know who knows maybe in the next uh, two weeks, because we're doing a double episode. To, is it, is mm -hmm. it a double drop to finish? So maybe in the next two weeks, I'm going to be sitting here and saying, I, I totally eat my words from two weeks ago. Uh, I, I get it. You got to fill episodes or whatever, but you could, technically could just do eight episodes like Mando and just make everything meat and potatoes. Like, I, I don't I, know. I agree. Um, what I would say is um, I bet I think your son would like this episode. Yeah. Because it's 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 got some suspense. It. A little fear it's got a little you know i mean it's got some action um there's some gunplay at the beginning right there there's a little tussle with the once they get the artifact with those gangsters yeah. so i mean there's some of that they go there the you know uh, omega's in danger they're you know whatever so i don't know i, I think i think um look I, I told you it's gonna be hard for bad batch to ever match uh, clone wars and rebels for me and i'm not saying it has to it just give me some fun things to watch and entertain me. I'm going to go Brent's line. Just entertain me for 20, 25 minutes. And uh, I'm not going to, I'm not going to be having my life change because of bad batch. Right. It's, it's not going to, yeah. it's not going to shake whether or not I wake up Thursday morning, happy or sad. So. Absolutely. Yeah, no, I can see that. Uh, I, I just, I just don't want it. I don't want it to get canceled and I feel like it's going to just because like people when you're having like episodes that don't really bring it home, which like, of course, that's part of a show. Like, I'm not trying to say every single thing has got to be lit and a banger. You know what I mean? But uh, yeah, <laughs> I mean, sometimes it can be, but uh, I mean, yeah. we didn't get any. We got some. Tie fighters gun smoked, but we didn't really get any humans gun smoked or aliens mm -hmm. gun smoked this time. Yeah, I, I'm saying it. I'm saying it out of love. I'm saying it out of love. I'm like, yo, like, come on, like, you need to get your act together, Bad Batch, because, like, you know, sometimes, you know, the you don't need to have that pod racing episode with the with the droid or whatever. Like, even though kids do love it, Heyo. but it's not like they're gonna be making any toys out of that episode. Like, I don't know. It's like. <laughs> It's not and like they're going to capitalize on the small things that kids might have loved about it. So we're not going to finish if... up the show talking about toys. No, no, we're, we're not. Hold on, though. Hold on. Even if they do make toys, I just walked through and I saw Funko Pops of uh, walked through Walmart and I saw Funko Pops of the um, characters from Obi Wan Kenobi. And then I also get a story that says that 
Funko Pop is throwing away million, $10 million worth of toys because mm-hmm. people aren't buying them. And they want to keep them also worth some value. So if there's less out there that people aren't just sitting on the shelf, the ones that have been purchased now seem to be more rare and exclusive. Yeah. So, Funko makes so. a figure of no, every because they had, single thing that's they have, out there. They have there. too many. They have yeah. too oh, many. Oh, yeah. 100%. I have and three so they're Funko throwing them away. Anyways, uh, so... So they make toys. They just don't make the toys that you want. Hey, uh, speaking of that, my two Funko Pops are uh, gifts from Tom Line, listener Tom Line, follower Tom Line. And tonight, Tom Line on his way home from work dropped off an R2-D2 coffee mug to me. So, hey, shout out to Tommy Line uh, for for dropping that by to me. Always glad to add to the collection out of the blue. So, um, fellas, we've been going for a long time. Uh, you know what? I'm going to go check out some basketball. So anything you guys want to close up with before we end it this evening? Uh, we, I'll, we I'll go. Lot. I mean, uh, I, I, uh, watched empire strikes back with my little guy over the weekend and he loved it. And I, I it's that it's this, uh, star Wars thing where you just watch a movie for whoever knows how many times. And sometimes it feels like the first time when you're watching it again. Uh, so mm-hmm. You just focus on different things, and that's why we're able to talk about it every damn week. And I do think Empire is the epitome of what Star Wars is, just by the cutscenes. Because I'm like, I, I don't know. I'm, I won't get too deep into it, obviously, as we're wrapping up. But just the way the adventure nonstop continues and changes, and then there's a door, and then you're in another room, and then you're in a ship, and then this problem's happening, and then this guy's going. It's like that that movie never stops moving pieces the entire time it is constantly shuffling and i think that's why it is the best movie is because the character development that they did in that movie and the scenes moving and everything i mean i think it's just the best star wars movie of all time so the little guy enjoyed it we're gonna watch uh return of the jedi probably maybe this weekend we'll see awesome we're we're hitting the ot with the little man so that's a good that's a good fun ride I'm happy for you. I'm glad you're getting to go through that. Can't yeah. wait to watch him with Frankie. Uh, Brent, how about you? Uh, yeah, so Asajj Ventress is now becoming a playable character tomorrow, I believe, is when she gets officially released to the public. So nice. you can play with Dooku. She's got a card that lets, once she activates and does her attack, count. No, Dooku goes for either Dooku or her, whoever goes first. The other one gets to go immediately after. So it's like normally alternating activations. But those two can do a one-two punch and basically take out half of your army the way that they play. So Asajj Ventress is there. Um, let's see. Uh, they announced Commander Cody with Waxer and Boyle. Um, so Commander Cody works with vehicles. He's also, they showed one of his cards that he plays. He, uh, If somebody attacks and takes a wound with close to him, he gets to take a free attack back at them. Nice. Right? So and it's like, I've never let you down is the name of that card. Nice. And the card, the card art, right? Because we'll always talk about art now. Uh, the card art has Obi-Wan Kenobi and Cody next to each other. So the idea is that like, if, if Obi-Wan takes a wound, Cody's going to shoot back at him. Nice. Okay. I like it. Good game update so, there for us. Yeah. Uh, Hopefully you'll be bringing someone along with you to talk to people about it. The I triple C. Um, okay. So guys, I, I'm, I'm going to be simple and easy. It was great to have Ryan McGee as a guest to think that we have a guy who works at ESPN, the SEC network and who listens to our show. And we now consider a pal in the star Wars community. And he's just a really good guy. Can't 
can't say enough, uh, you know, thanks to him for coming and doing this. And, you know, it just, it just feels great that we have formed all these relationships and bonds. And I know some of the people who went to IEEE last year, I'm already talking to them about maybe sneaking in a preview show before we go to the IEEE, uh, you know, and just talking to them about their plans and what they're going to do uh, before we go down there and meet up with them again. So that's going to be a lot of fun, but it's always a pleasure to hang out with you guys for an evening. Always a pleasure to talk Star Wars and just laugh and have fun. And I appreciate you guys. And Brent and I are going to be talking very soon about our trivia nights. So that's going to be a blast. We're going to have fun with that. And um, yeah, that's about it. So thank you to you two. Thank you to our followers, our listeners. D-Doc, where do they go for the beacon? Uh, it's in it's in the link in our uh, bio on TikTok. <laughs> yeah. And Twitter yeah. and Instagram. Link in our bio. Yep. Uh, we're all of it. You go to TikTok, Twitter, Instagram. You can find our bio, The Beacon, which takes you everything we do. So uh, until next time, thanks for being around and may the force be with you. <laughs> <laughs>